off the water. I had always speculated that the conjunction of hills and ocean produced more rain in Port City than any place else in Massachusetts. I had never gotten any support on that theory, but I stuck to it. Coming steadily in at us, staying slightly ahead of the wipers, the rain made the windows shimmer between wiper sweeps, and the oncoming traffic seemed to mirage through the sheeted rainwater. What do you do, I said. As a board member? Give money, raise money, lend high seriousness to the administrative proceedings of the theater? You don't make policy, Susan smiled. This is true. We were on the downtown side of Cabot Hill. The city itself below us, packed in along the waterfront looking prettier in the rain than I knew it to be. We passed a Cabot Hill security vehicle parked at an intersection. I grinned. Beyond here, there be monsters, I said. The line of demarcation is clear, isn't it, Susan said. Is it safe coming here to the theater at night? There are always some of those private security people around. If you're really timid, you can park up on the hill in the shopping center and the college provides a bus for people to bring you down from the hill. You probably don't park up on the hill and take the bus, I said. No. How did I know that? As a, she lowered her voice importantly, board member, her voice returned to normal. I get to park next to the theater. This is a tough town, I said. Susan shrugged. Across the intersection, the other port city began. Three decker houses lined the streets, so close together that you could barely squeeze down the tiny alley between them. On the steep hills, the water in the gutters tumbled garbage along before it. Where the hills eased, the gutters were clogged, and the rainwater made deep puddles in the street, which overflowed onto the sidewalk. The rain had people off the streets, though occasionally I could see elderly Chinese people sitting on a roofed front porch, bundled in gray clothing, smoking and staring at the rain. We passed one of the empty mills surrounded by gnarled and rusty chain link, the loading platform sagging with decay, forklift pallets rotting on the frost-broken parking lot, surrounded with broken beer bottles and empty beer cans whose labels had faded into a uniformly faint yellow. There had been attempts to transform the vast brick hulks into other uses, the money had come from the hill, and the investors had put their money into things they would have liked if they had lived downtown. The peeling signs of artisan shops and blouse boutiques and yogurt shops and stores that sold antiques hung lopsided with age and weather over the dysfunctional doorways. The mills remained empty. Isn't it ghastly, Susan said. We're late, the sweet birds sang, I said. Every few blocks there was a tiny store dimly lit with Chinese characters in the window. On another corner, an old man in black pajamas huddled under an umbrella selling something from a cardboard box between his feet. He had no customers as we passed. There were no dogs on the street, no toys in evidence, no children, no school buses, no automobiles parked by the curb. Once in a while, a vacant lot, occasionally the rusting skeleton of an abandoned car, stripped of anything sellable, everything sodden, under the downpour, narrow, bitter, and wet, everything cooking sullenly with the slow fire of decay. Why such a big Chinese population, Susan said. I don't know how it started, but they began to arrive here to work the fish plants, and others followed, and it grew like that. They work hard. A lot of them are illegal, so they don't complain about anything. They're suspicious of labor organizers and safety inspectors, and they take the wage you give them. A factory owner's dream, Susan said. At the waterfront, we turned left onto Ocean Street. Here, there were no Chinese. Here, the fishermen lived. 
There were more one-story homes, more room between them. But here, too, there was no sense that the rain was engendering, that it would bring forth fresh life. Here, too, the rain seemed almost pestilent as it bore down on the cluttered and makeshift homes that crowded against the slick ocean where the greasy waves swelled against the waterlogged timbers of the fish piers. Almost the only color I had seen since I left the hill was the jewel-red stoplights gleaming through the murk at irregular intervals. Demetrius Christophilus, the artistic director of the Port City Theater Company, was waiting for us, nursing a Manhattan in the lounge of a Chinese restaurant called Wu's, a block from the theater. Susan introduced us. Christophilus glanced around the lounge, which featured a miniature bridge over a minuscule pond in the middle of the room. Muraled on the back wall was a painting of a volcano. The owner's on our board, he said. Is that a